Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1235 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Rogers Place, Edmonton and St. Louis. Jason Greger just uh, tweeted out the numbers on Jordan Bennington over the last... Uh, 10 starts. He's 3-6-1 and one, a 3.46 goals against average and 8.88 save percentage. He's had both starts against Edmonton, against Edmonton this year. Billy Huso is going to be a huge target in the offseason if the Blues don't get him done. Oilers now. Guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring the night of the town. Every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse as we bring aboard Elliot Freeman for NHL Hockey and Rogers, brought to you by Mid-City Construction Management, providing you with the highest quality, most cost-effective solutions in the safest way possible. Visit mid-city.ca. Hello, Elliot. How you doing? I'm good, Bob. How are you doing? Uh, not bad. Not bad at all. Look, good. Looking forward to another one tonight. Uh, Big game tonight. Uh, yep. Uh, one of my two broadcast partners, as you know, Cam Moon, has been stuck stateside for the last 11 games, so... Oh, he has? I didn't really look, Yes, oh. I'm really looking forward to seeing Cam uh, mm-hmm. when we uh, get to Anaheim tomorrow. He's a great guy, terrific team yep. player, and the perfect personality for the, uh, you know, the understated approach that both Jack Michaels and myself have when... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, uh, thanks to you, um, uh, the poor uh, fan base that covers Western Ontario hockey uh, had yours truly uh, on their podcast. They had me go head-to-head against the Maple Leafs and the uh, Boston Bruins hockey game, so I, I, I don't know if they actually had anybody watching, uh, but but special thanks so to you on you that one. did you go on? What yeah. did you go on? Yeah, I was on Thursday night when the Leafs played the Bruins, or, when, or no, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Tuesday night when the Leafs. So you were on, like, a Western radio station? Or no, Western no, was, they, they do like a hockey alumni Clark Singer reached out. Oh. And yeah, we did a, we ended up talking about Western's lone uh, national championship. They beat oh, Alberta God, in back-to-back yeah. years. By the way, I just want to pass along, because mm-hmm. I am watching mm-hmm. this, um, mm-hmm. a major upset has just occurred at the U Sports National Championships. What happened? Ryerson has defeated the UNBV Reds 2-1. to one. The game is over. Wow. And that mm-hmm. is uh, seismic. Uh, for the OUA, which is a conference that has limited amount of scholarships, uh, mm-hmm. UNB is a perennial powerhouse, though. They, Big powerhouse. Uh, Alberta and UNB both have won seven national championships since 2000. So mm-hmm. there you have it. So that's a, that's a, that's a good the thing. The center of the universe reigns supreme again. Well, and, and and you know it, and and we see that every day with the sheer greatness of Austin Matthews, um, <laughs> who is it's got to be stated, 
As good as Patrick Kane is, Austin Matthews is head and shoulders the best American world uh, player in the world, and undeniably a top five player. There's no question about it. I would I would be the first to concede that, and he's having a special year, isn't he? Well, I I, I just like tweeting the the back and forth battle um, between Matthews and Drysaitel now for the goals lead because the mentions just turn into a complete you know trash heap of of insults at each other and i love reading them watching the belief in the other fans just clobber each other bob see you know i would never personally partake in something like that on twitter uh however uh, i do have a two-hour radio show and you know you you can have fun with people in toronto like the fact that the maple leafs have not won a playoff series since austin was six years of age that said, if Nazem mm-hmm. Kadri stays in either of those two series against Boston, doesn't get tossed out, I think they would have won one of them. Uh, or the fact that the Maple Leafs have not won a cup since you've been uh, alive. Were you... In my lifetime, no. You've, you've not uh, I was one in 67 when they won the cup. And yeah, I was born in 1970, so, so it's never happened in my lifetime. Uh, hey, my first idol in hockey was Dave Keon before Guy mm-hmm. Lafleur. Before Guy Lafleur, so uh, and, Guy Lafleur was probably my first. Yeah, I, I you know, and we'll throw that out there right now. Uh, and, and by the way, it was on the state in 1985, and it was not an April Fool's joke. Uh, on the state in 1985, that David Lee Roth quit Van Halen. Uh, so, so we got in a conversation with uh, what is the best Van Halen song? Uh, some people like Eruption. Some people like Panama. Some people like mm-hmm. Jump. Uh, I like right now, but that's not actually with David Lee Roth, as you know. That was with Sammy Hagar. That's Sammy Hagar, right? Eric Lindros, li- he loved that Hot song. Hot for Teacher. I always liked Hot for Teacher. You liked Hot for Teacher. Now, is there yeah. any additional... And the video was great, too. And the video, the was, video great. was great. So yeah. it's, it had nothing to do with any personal experience of yours, then? <laughs> no. No, no, Bob. But good, thanks for asking. Well, no, I just I, saw I, I'm like, hey, you know, it, the video was pretty good back then. Yeah, it was, it was at that time. That was the the first explosion of videos in the early '80s. Yes, and I remember Hot for Teacher was one of was one of the great videos I remember watching. No question. So I always liked that song. Yes, mm-hmm. no question. All right, the Oilers play St. Louis tonight. This will be a good game. Uh, neither of the the two games that two teams played earlier this year. The teams are better now. They're they're healthier. Now, the Blues, it should be mentioned, do not have Tory Krug. He's a pretty good offensive moving defenseman. Buck moving to deep. Yeah. But but the reality is they're they're relatively a pretty healthy squad, and they were down – like Braden Shen didn't play in those games earlier in the year for St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Edmonton had the, – the, they had a ghost roster December 29th when these – I mean, Sam Rukov's lone NHL game. He got victimized for two goals against in the first five minutes. Uh, right. So this should be a good game. I, but I'm a little bit surprised that uh, Craig Berube has started Jordan Bennington. And that's where I want to go with Philly Huso. Do you think there's any way St. Louis has got $71 million committed next year on 17 players? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Doug Armstrong finds a way to get him re-signed? Because I would have to think he's the type of guy, based on his body of work this year, Elliot, that commands probably $4 million a year in the open market as a goaltender. Oh, Vimelka just signed for what? Three? Three? Yeah, this guy's better. Yeah, and also he's UFA, right? So I always look at that. Yes. Vimelka wasn't going into UFA. He had uh, another year left. So um, yeah, I think those are compared. I mean, to me, the, the question is simply, does Huso want to be a number one guy? Yeah. And if he, if he wants to be a number one guy, and I would assume the answer is yes, because most people want to play, um, then okay, you know, what are you doing with Bennington? Now, I think 
you know, Doug Armstrong, he's not he's not a guy who's afraid to make difficult decisions. No. He will make he will make tough decisions if they have to be made. Um, you know, I and, and the other thing too is there's still runway here. You know, right now Huso is the, the number one guy in St. Louis. I think, you know, his play has determined that, but it's not to say that it'll stay that way. Bennington is a, a, a furiously competitive human being. And I could see him, you know, there's no way he's taking this easy. He's going to do everything he can to fight to get back the job. But, you know, like the only way, like if Huso wants to be a number one guy, you know, the only way he's going to sign with them is if he's the number one guy. Yeah. So that's, that's the question. Okay, how are you working all of this stuff around there to make it happen? But... Like I said, we still have a playoff race here. All right, absolutely. Uh, were you at the Board of Governor meetings? Or uh, sorry, the GM, GM yes, I, I was. the GM meetings. My apologies. Yes, I had a nice conversation with Ken Holland. Uh, yes, I could see that. We referenced some of that in. Uh, we referenced your thirty-two thoughts on yesterday's show. Uh, you can well imagine in a market that's seen the Edmonton Oilers go from twenty-second in five-on-five goal share under Dave Tippett to six under Jay mm-hmm. Woodcroft. Uh, that there's Jay's got a lot of supporters right now. The orders are fifteen yep. seven and two, uh, and one of the things that you pointed out was what regarding the uh, say the imminent future of Jay Woodcroft, according to Ken Holland. Well, I just double checked with Holland and said, you know, have you talked with uh, with Woodcroft at all about next year because he doesn't have a contract, and uh, and neither does Dave Manson, I don't believe. But um, and he just said, look, I told him we'll do it at the end of the season. You know, he did say, you know, it's it's trending very well. We're we're happy with the job that they're doing. He says, you know, and he kind of said, unless like it really craters, you know, he he doesn't see there necessarily being a problem. But he just said, look, well, we told Jay we'd talk at the end of the year, and that's the plan. But obviously, he sees the same thing everybody else does. That's going quite well right now. Yeah. Uh- that, well, that's a that's a good thing. What did you get? What were the biggest? Was there any seismic things that came out of the GM meetings? Do you think, Elliot? Not not really. I mean, unfortunately, Bob, the thing that really overshadowed it was uh, Eugene Melnick's death. Yes. Um, that was that had a big shadow on on day number two. And by now, you've probably seen or read Pierre Dorian's uh, very uh, emotional quotes. Um, you know, I think. Uh, you know, obviously, Ken Holland was the one who made the proposal about, do we talk about the playoff salary cap? And I was actually really glad I caught him, uh, Bob, because he was really good talking about it. And, you know, he told me a story that I'd never heard before, which was that uh, when they were going through the creation of the cap in 0405, um, initially the plan was to have a cap during the playoffs. But he brought up the 2002 playoffs, which, you know, Detroit won the Stanley Cup. And the team they beat the final was Carolina. And the round before, and I remember I covered this, so I knew what he was talking about. Um, You know, Toronto had a ton of injuries that year. Carolina beat them fair and square, but Toronto had a ton of injuries. And as a matter of fact, that year, Toronto played 20 playoff games, and only seven of their skaters played all 20 playoff games. Like, that's low for a team that goes that long and they had to use 26 skaters overall. And he said, look, like what happens if you ran into an injury situation like Toronto, how would you dress a competitive roster in the playoffs? And he said that when he brought that up, uh, there was silence on the other end of the line. Eventually they changed it. So he did say that, you know, initially there was supposed to be a cap in the playoffs, but you know, from what I understand the, the league said, okay, 
how many of you, and they asked the GMs by show of hands, um, uh, uh, you know, agree that this is a big deal. And apparently there were a number of put their hands up and they said, okay, you know, we'll ask the Players Association to vote this, but it's a collective bargain issue. The, uh, the, the new... Uh, the new CBA has four or five years remaining, um, and you know I don't think they're really prepared to give up anything to change it. So I don't necessarily think this is going to go anywhere, Bob. But you know they they did talk about it. Okay, we're joined right now by Elliot Friedman for Mid City Construction Management. Bob Stoffer joining you on uh, Oilers Now. A uh, couple other little tidbits specific around uh, the offense is up. That's obviously a good thing. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I wanted to talk to you a bit about what occurred with the National Hockey League, the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, Ottawa's, uh, I guess, degree of uh, accountability or theoretical degree should be placed in in there and then uh, regarding the jenny uh, dadnoff like this situation that occurred was this ottawa's fault was this vegas's fault is this the player's fault How, what's your perspective on this right now it, it was most definitely not the player's fault okay it was it was most definitely not the player's fault so that's number one um you know look like when he was traded from Ottawa to Vegas, something happened on that call. I don't think it was anything malicious. Like I don't think Ottawa did anything that was malicious. Like they, but but I do think there was some kind of error made. Um, and you know, basically, uh, the league confirmed that on Tuesday when they were asked about what happened, and they said Central Registry didn't have the list, right? So that's kind of what happened here. Now, I do think Vegas was told on some level that this is a player that was your player and you have to do your due diligence. But um, from what I understand, there is documentation that both Vegas and the NHL Central Registry were made to understand that Dodonov could be traded anywhere. And when Dodonov said no, he couldn't, and his agent produced the documentation that it had been filed on time and receipt had been acknowledged that he had filed on time. You know, obviously this became a big, a big problem. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been told the league will not initiate any discipline against the Sanders, but there is something in the bylaws where a team can say, look, we have an issue with another team. And, you know, we'd like it to be heard and see if anything needs to happen. And I think that's, that's in Vegas' hands. It's, it's up to them. So I don't know where that's going to go. Uh, I, I did ask Kelly McCrimmon about it there. He said he didn't want to talk about it. The league wouldn't give me any further information. But we'll see where that, we'll see where that goes. How much scrutiny is Vegas in under right now? I mean, they've got a lot of injuries. A lot. A, a lot. lot. You know, yeah. You know, I, I think what happens here, Bob, it's kind of funny. But sometimes people complain to us, and they complain to the league, and they don't necessarily complain to Vegas. Um, you know, like like the commissioner was asked because they have a lot of injuries, and these injuries are legit. Like you know, there are some players here, like Leonard support, like Martinez just came back. Uh, Leonard is hoping to come back next week. I think McNabb came back this week. Pacioretty. I, you know, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure what the timeline is with him. Stone, it's a back. It kind of goes in and out. I've had 
you know, some people say, like, you just don't know what's going on here. And, you know, Riley Smith is a guy I think might be out for at least the rest of the regular season. So there's, there's, there, there's a lot, there, there's a lot going on here. So, but, you know, definitely teams were, um, teams were complaining about it. You, you heard what Bettman said, as far as he's concerned, they're following the proper rules. And I asked McCrimmon to his face, I said, I know you're not going to like this, but, you know, there's people accusing you of uh, manipulating the, the cap. And, you know, he got annoyed. He said, look, like, look at our injuries. Like, these are legit injuries. And, you know, I said, has anybody complained to you? And he said, no, not once. The quote's in the blog. I don't have it right in front of me. But, you know, you know how it goes, Bob. Sometimes people complain to us or the league, but they, they don't go to Vegas directly. By the way, what was your take on what happened? Elliot Friedman joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers for Mid-City Construction Management. Elliot, what was your take on what happened with Taylor Hall and uh, Ilya Labushkin? Well, you know, I, like, look, it was retaliation. There's, there's no question about it. Um, you know, and that's what had Toronto so upset was, you know, Austin Matthews and Jason Spezza. Now, I mean, everybody can argue the difference between a punch in the head to a cross-check to the head or Spezza charging at uh, Pionk. But they all said that, you know, like they were retaliation and our guys got suspended for retaliation. I know that they also brought up, you know, Dylan Larkin this year was suspended. Uh, he came back from obviously a very big neck injury in a game against Tampa. He was hitting behind by the boards by... Uh, Matthew Joseph, who's now with the Senators, and uh, he punched him and got suspended. So I think Toronto felt that, you know, it was, like, I don't know. With me, Bob, like, I'm, I tend not to overreact to things, but I understand why Toronto was upset about it. Yeah, I had no problem with it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I didn't think that Hall was – that was not a hard shot back. I'm surprised. Well, the, th- the thing is, like, you know, what someone said to me about that, like, th- this is a, actually another player. He said, he, he actually said to me, I hate when people say things like that because, first of all, you're, you're not the one getting punched in the head. Fair enough. And, and, and secondly, he said, like, it's not like Labushkin is a guy who goes down easy. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Some might have said Hall should have hit him harder. Uh, so, uh, yeah. okay. some might say that. I'm not saying I'd say it. I'm just saying. I yeah, didn't whatever, think... Bob. Right. Right. Give me a break. Yeah, you're, you're using the old, some might say that. Yes. Some might say Canada's <laughs> in a tough pool in the uh, World Cup. What do you think? You, you, put, know, I don't you know put it out there on it, Twitter. But put, I, people, people were telling me it's a t- like I didn't realize that Belgium had been the number one seed in the world like a little bit lately. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I remember Croatia was in the last final. Yeah. So you're, and you know, I don't know a lot about Morocco. Some people were telling me they're very good defensively. It's a, I mean, look, uh, people were just saying to me they they were happy they weren't in that Germany Spain group. Right. And they'll take it that they aren't in that one. Well, you know, Gene Principe, he, he, he wanted Canada in the Italy group, but they didn't make it. Uh, yeah, I know. That's tough. Italy's the team I cheer for, aside from Canada. Really? So you were yeah, cheering for my... Italy instead of England in the, uh, in, in the European Championship a couple of years ago? Well, well, here's the thing. When I'm, one of my first big jobs at university was with the Italian daily newspaper in Toronto, the Corriere Canadese. There you go. I wrote a page in English. While the rest of the paper was in Italian, so I, I gained an affinity for Team Italy. There you go, not bad. I mean, I remember 1982, Elliot. 
Paul yeah, Rossi. Paul Rossi. Was, That's the first World Cup I really me remember. Too. Me is, too. Is 82. Yeah. I wanted Brazil to win because they had style and panache, that 82 Brazilian team. They were. They well, were you know, panache. when they say, when they people think style and panache, they think Bob Stoffer. Often. And, 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 when they, <laughs> and when they think of understated responses and retaliatory situations, they often think of me as well. Well, I should have hit a partner. Uh, great stuff, Elliot. Love it. Thanks for your time, my man. So, well, you, what do you think? Dry Saddle passes Matthews tonight? Does he get two? Uh, tough team to do it against. This is a good team. Like, yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, good team. You, you know, they're they're a good team, and they know how to play. That's what, These guys know how to win. This will be a tough matchup yeah. tonight for the Oilers. Agreed. Great stuff, Elliot. Thank you for your time. All right, Bob. Have a great weekend. You bet. That is Elliot Freeman from NHL Hockey and Rogers and Sportsnet. Uh, it is 1254 in Edmonton, and we'll get to uh, the injury report for James H. Brown when we return on orders now. 57 in Edmonton. Let's get to the Oilers Now injury report presented daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. They are the best. No question about it. All right, here we go. For Edmonton and COVID protocol is Chris Russell, uh, Oscar Clefbaum, and Kyle Turris on LTIR. The Edmonton Oilers are basically completely healthy. Healthy scratches tonight will be Derek Ryan and Devin Shore. Tory Krug is out with an upper body injury for St. Louis. Tyler Bozak, who would be playing as their fourth-line center, is out as well with a lower body challenge. Uh, Perinovich, who won a couple national championships, Scott Perinovich with the University of Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs, not available as well. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. I talked to Jake Neighbors. He's St. Louis's first-round pick in 2020. Uh, 15 goals, 41 points in 26 games this season, plus 21. He's one of the drivers. He and Caden Gooley for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Gooley's got a lower body issue, upper body issue for Jake. He's returning shortly to the Oil Kings lineup, but not expected to play this weekend. All right. It is 1258 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Cody Jansen with you in the second hour of the show. Mark Spector coming up after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.